0: It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker.
1: Well, it's Monday, and it's Martinsville Monday, and we had somebody get angry after the race. Shocking, isn't it? With that, we start off this edition of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and My Computer Career. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media. I am joined on tonight's program by none other than Cisco Scaramuza, one of our Midwest correspondents capable of handling the video production of this show and co-hosting as well. And He joins us from Chicago or Indianapolis or somewhere in between and then we have Randy Miller over in the tech shed doing double-duty tonight as both crew chief and Co-pilot and we're gonna have Jacob Seelman later on we got two guests coming up for you modified racer Timmy Salamito gonna be on the program after a while as is uh, our infamous uh, Friend from the k Pro Series West who is now their champion Derek Thorne going to join us as well with that we start off tonight's show where else would we start tonight's show with Martinsville and the last lap <laughs> dust up between Joey Logano and Martin Truex for those of you who've been under a rock for the last uh, oh 24 hours or so Joey Logano And Truex fought for the lead for several laps prior to the end of the race. Truex finally clearing Logano as they came to the white flag, leaving himself vulnerable for what everyone in the world should have known was coming, the infamous bump and run, which Joey did to perfection, I might add, and took over the lead and the win at the line. Truex crossing the line sideways in third, Denny Hamlin passing him with uh, just feet to go in the race because Truex spun the tires coming off of turn four on the last lap trying to drag race Logano to the finish line. So welcome to those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. And we are going to go right straight around the table here. And I want to know, guys, what you think about the last lap move by Joey Logano. Dirty or clean, Cisco?
2: I had absolutely no problem with this move whatsoever. I don't think it's a question of dirty or clean because, I mean, it's, it's obvious if you lay a bumper to someone some people will consider that dirty some people will consider that as just short track racing i don't think clean is really the uh the adjective that we can use to describe that because clean would have been nothing happening at all if you're gonna call that move at least okay or if you agree with that move it's not clean it's short track racing that's exactly what it is we're at martinsville that's what makes these races so exciting and keep in mind he moved him up the racetrack. He did not wait. He did not lay off the brake pedal and send him into the corner. He did not wait on him a lap down, turn, and put him into the wall. Neither of those things happened. Neither and both of those incidents, of course, I'm referring to the incident last year between Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin and, of course, the, uh, the takedown between Joey Logano and Matt Kenseth. Those I consider more dirty than even this move. And even then, I could understand those situations happening. So, Tom, I have absolutely no problem with this. Joey Logano just locked himself into the final four at Homestead. He did what he needed to do and I think almost had no choice but to do, considering we're going to Texas and Phoenix as the last two races in this playoff segment. Joey Logano had, in my opinion, no other choice. He had to do this.
1: Our producer extraordinaire, Randy Miller, what say you? Do you agree or disagree with Cisco's take? Ladies and gentlemen, you guys wanted
3: drama, and that's exactly what you got. So anybody who sits here and says that what Joey Logano did is dirty is not. I don't believe they're a true fan of the sport because you everybody wanted the the, the drama and the dramatic effects of, of the chase. And this is exactly what you got. Joey Logano knew that he, the only way that he was going to make it to Homestead was to win a race, and he did exactly what he needed to do. He won a race. Yes, he may have driven Martin Churik's a little bit, you know, over the edge, so to speak, but, I mean, Martin's had a very tumultuous, you know, last five, six weeks of racing. So, I mean, you know, every little thing is probably going to upset him, but Joey had no choice. <laughs> I mean, like Cisco said, if, if he didn't win this race, he wasn't going to Homestead, and that's how um dependable these guys are on making it to the final race of the of the chase this is how prestigious this championship is your willingness to do whatever it takes to win i'm actually more upset about the way the martin tracks acted than i am about what joe Logano did
1: well you know i i would i'm gonna agree with both of you and i'm gonna take it one step farther for any of our modified fan base that's in the chat you guys will remember that back about Oh 25 almost maybe 30 years now. I can't remember exactly what year it was 80 or 81 I I think it was at Martinsville in one of the modified races Richie Evans and Jeff Bodine had the same exact kind of a finish the two of them got tangled up coming off turn four and neither one of them wanted to give an inch and Richie Evans ended up riding the wall basically at one point and Crossed the line and won the race that way it was one of the greatest finishes I've ever seen at Martinsville and this one was right up there with it what Joey Logano did I saw on social media yesterday things I learned on social media one of Cisco's favorites uh, segments to do on these programs things that I learned on social media um, Joey Logano took out Martin Truex no he didn't Martin Truex finished third, and had Truex not spun the tires coming to the finish, it's possible that Truex still could have won. The two cars were together like that in the middle of the racetrack. Joey left him all kinds of room to race. He did exactly what he had to do. You can like or dislike the bump and run. Personally, I love to see racers pass cleanly, but it's the last lap. The championship's on the line here at this point for Joey, because this is the best shot he's likely to have of the next three, next two, to make it to Homestead. He has to take that shot. He didn't wreck him. He did not spin him. He left him a very good chance to win the race. Now, as to Martin Truex's reaction, I'm going to say the same thing that I said after the roval Wah. you know i know he's disappointed i know that he wanted to win his first short track race ever in nascar cup competition well he had a chance at it what he should have done is kept joey on the outside of him and not all the way cleared him as soon as he got in front of him coming to the white flag what did you expect joey was going to do Martin's reaction. Oh, I owe Martin's reaction more to just not being able to get something done that he's been trying to do for years in cup than I do to actually thinking that Joey seriously did something wrong here. Okay. He just got snookered. He almost got snookered twice. Jimmy Johnson messed up because he just got a little too aggressive and lost control. It is very possible Johnson could have passed Truex cleanly and ended up stealing the Roval away without crashing him. I don't think Martin would have been any less disappointed, honestly. I think it's just the fact that he hasn't been able to win. There's a lot going on with his team right now. He had to start in the back because they couldn't make it through Tech. You know, this is a situation where I think what we've done here is we've fired up Martin Truex for the next two weeks, so look out for the Furniture Row Racing team guys. But I don't see anything wrong with what Joey did, and I find it interesting that the NASCAR fan base, which really bases their morality about these things on who's involved. Mm-hmm. If it's their driver Randy who's, mm-hmm. you know, who who did the bump and run, well, they're fine with that. But yep. somebody like Joey or Kyle, who's controversial, it just always seems to draw a bigger reaction.
3: I mean, these guys have to understand. As fans, you have to understand, Joey Logano has been behind the big three guys all season yes. long. And, and actually not just Joey the entire field. Yes. But Joey has been probably one of the two or three best cars, not aside from the big three. He's been the most consistent or one of the most consistent guys. Yep. It's got to be eating him alive to to finish second, third, or fourth of these three every single week for the last 34 weeks
1: of the season.
3: I would be frustrated, too. As a former race car driver, I probably would have done the same thing.
1: Oh, I mean, well, look, I mean, in Cisco, there's no question that Truex had a right to be upset because, you know, he lost the race. But there's a difference between that and saying, that there was something wrong with what Joey did, because Joey actually made that move about as cleanly as he possibly could. He did not Truex sideways. Truex did that when when he spun the tires coming off of four and lit it up.
2: And if you really wanted to gauge how much people wanted to re- win that race. 75 laps before the race even ended, Brad Keselowski passed his teammate to win the, to take the lead of the race, considering Brad's not even in the playoffs yes. and knowing Joey probably had to win that race to be able to get to Homestead. That's how desperate people were to win at Martinsville and Brad wasn't even in the playoffs and he nearly moved Logano in a similar fashion. So what do you what do you guys want to see here? Do you want to see drivers battling it out? Or do you want to see clean passing? I think what they want to see is people making those moves, but you know, kind of have it the uh have the face driver doing it to the heel driver in this case. Uh yeah. Tom, as you alluded to. It's it's you know, as Brad Kay said a long, long time ago. We're turning into WWE right now. At least the fans are making that.
1: Well, I made that point on this show and on Race Chaser Online a number of times in my writing about the fact that there's a part of the fan base. Like I said at the top, it they they look at the morality of a move or something based upon whether they like the people involved or not. It was It's pretty funny. You know, Joey can't slide Matt Kenseth at Kansas, but Matt can ram him into the wall under a yellow and that's okay. Oh, and
2: Tom, don't forget, Joey can intentionally take a driver, or Joey can get taken out by a driver and uh, everyone's okay with that. But if he does something similar, yeah. oh, no, it's t- it's terrible. It's yeah, the worst thing ever.
1: It just all de- like, it It's just funny. that it, it's all, it depends on, like I said, who's involved, how the fans judge something. It has nothing to do with, there is no consistency among the fans and their morality when it comes to this stuff, and it's highly entertaining. At any rate, Joey Logano with a win. We've got much more to talk about for Martinsville. We've got Timmy Salamito coming up. And uh, we've also got Derek Thorne from the NASCAR k Pro Series West, their champion from this year out west. We'll talk to him a little later on in the program as well. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and our new sponsor, My Computer Career. We're going to tell you about them right after this.
2: Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network.
1: Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and our new sponsor, My Computer Career. We're going to tell you about them in a moment. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined up, well, up somewhere over there. Somewhere the other side. Yeah, the other side. There we go. I got to get used to looking at myself as a reflection over here. We have Randy Miller in the tech shed doing double duty as both producer and co-host tonight. And then down there on the bottom, that is Cisco Scaramuza and he is also doing double duty handling the video side of things and co-hosting as well. Jacob Seelman coming up later. Uh, We've got um, also two drivers that we're going to be talking to, In the second hour, we've got uh, modified driver Timmy Salamito, who was the subject of a disappointing announcement um, here recently. So we're going to ask him how uh, that is going to play in his career going forward. And also, uh, we've got uh, NASCAR West champion, NASCAR Pro Series West champion, Derek Thorne. (coughs) Pardon me, coming up later in the show. Hey, we have a new sponsor. We wanna tell you about my computer career because it's important. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Well, hey, wake up, you could do something else. It's called information technology. I know what you're thinking. I'm not a math and science person. No problem, no excuses either. It's not rocket science, it's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is our thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as just four months. Attend classes on campus. They've got seven of them all over the country or live online just two to three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire our students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including through the GI Bill. Classes start soon. So go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu that's mycomputercareer.edu mycomputercareer.edu welcome to the folks from my computer career we are really happy to have you and the cool part about my computer career is that they also are big racing fans they have what we know in the southeast here as the pow mia freedom car it is a super late model that um Uh, Jake Johnson runs, Jarek Johnson, I'm sorry, runs about uh, half a dozen times a year or so, but does a lot of um, functions with POW, MIA, American Legions, those kinds of things, and um, just really, really works well with our troops and uh, those who have served in the past, and uh, they are huge proponents of um, our military, so... Want to thank My Computer Career for jumping on board with us as we continue with our program. We've been talking Martinsville and we debated and all agreed unanimously in our opening segment that Joey Logano did exactly what he needed to do. Not a thing wrong with it. And Martin Truex needs to just man up and go win the next race at Texas. Cisco, speaking of Texas, I was a little bit bemused by Kevin Harvick's post-race comments on the TV broadcast yesterday when he said that he thinks that Texas is his best chance to win his way to Homestead. And the reason I was bemused is because Phoenix has basically been Kevin Harvick land for like four or five years now. Why does he think Texas is his best shot?
2: Well, he's, obviously, he won there last year in the fall, so he has that going for him. I do think Texas is going to come down to one of the big three, mainly Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick going into that race. But I think the reason why Harvick's a little bit worried about Phoenix is the same reason kind of we all are in the fact that, well, the track got flipped. So now the big ah, question is, that would make sense. So I'm I'm wondering if that's influencing Harvick a little bit. If he's a little worried that maybe that change might just change a little bit of the strategy on the track and how to drive it. I think that's in the back of his mind. Texas obviously hasn't changed since the uh, since the spring, so I think that'll help a little bit. But I think in the back of our minds, Tom, keep in mind the track itself is no different. They just flipped it. It's the start finish line is where basically the dogleg was. Well, but just. Just keep in mind that how you drive that track now is going to be a little bit different yeah, because of where turn true. one is, where two and where turn three are. Yes, they're the same turns, but all of a sudden, the way the lap is laid out is vastly different. Well,
1: you know, honestly, I think uh, if you're going to, you know, if, if you're going to look at a track like Phoenix is okay now it's a brand new racetrack I can see why Kevin Harvick is suddenly more confident at Texas but Randy this is a driver who's more than proven he can win on any type of track and I would almost look at Phoenix in a way as now a bit more of a bigger bristol perhaps or maybe a bigger martinsville you're gonna have some interesting times coming out of turn four i think to the finish line now the way that uh, everybody kind of funnels in there should be interesting but i'm a little, i'm still a little surprised but you know what kevin harvick had a good test at texas and you put harvick in a situation where he thinks this is a must win look out He's going to be tough to beat at Texas, I bet.
3: That's true. I'm I'm almost kind of sad that I'm going to miss the race this year because this is the first year that I haven't been in Texas for the race. Um, But uh, I digress. Anyway, um, but when you said when you when you mentioned Harvick's um, quote, it kind of got me puzzled because I'm thinking hasn't he won almost half the races this year? I mean, there's not a track that we've been on. I don't think that he hasn't won it yet. So I don't know why he would. I mean, I, I I see Cisco's point how. Phoenix is almost a brand new racetrack now with the, with the new layout and, and the way that all the notes that you had previously now don't really mean a whole lot because now everything is, is completely backwards. So, um, you know, other than that, I mean, Texas is, is uh, it's it's going to be a big three type of track, I bet. But, I mean, I don't know how. I, I kind of see where Harpik is coming from, but at the same time, he's good at every single track we go to, so I don't think he has anything to worry about.
1: Cisco, who do you see as... Harvick's chief competition at Texas then
2: uh, Kyle Busch easily. Yeah, I mean he won there back in the spring and he won there back in this in the spring in 2016 as well He's the only driver who's not named Jimmy Johnson or Carl Edwards who's won there uh, Since 2015 the guy who won in 2014 who kind of breaks that streak was Joey Logano So that is something to keep an eye on Joey has won in Texas in the last five years but just – it's going to be hard, I think, to beat Ke- uh, Kyle Bush there. Martin said he wasn't going to win anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's right. It's going to make sure that uh, Logano doesn't make it to the finish line, apparently. Right.
1: Well, but, and, uh, and, and I should mention that uh, – Doug Hevron, who of course is a former NASCAR racer and, and uh, a driver that I've always considered a friend. Uh, Doug was listening to our opening segment, I think hopefully he's still listening to the show and commented that uh, he wondered if Martin should have just waged to the last lap and then did the bump and run on Joey. Instead of racing him clean, his viewpoint is, as a racer, if I race you clean, you better do the same. Okay, so we have someone on the opposite side and you know what Dougie is one of the greatest racers I've ever watched strap into a car. So, uh, we're gonna give Doug his due and Uh, and allow him that point of view um, doug's been in a few of those slobber knockers over the years with uh modifieds and so he certainly knows all about uh, how that deal works, but um, We continue with our Martinsville recap. Biggest surprise, Cisco. In your mind, biggest surprise
2: from Martinsville yesterday. How garbage Kevin Harvick was. Yeah, I agree. He he had... They they said on MRN during that race the fact that he they could not figure out what to do with that nope. car and considering that we saw Kyle or Kurt Busch up at the front of the field and uh, all three all three of the SHR cars do well at different points in that race Harvick we never really saw do anything uh, when you're when you're out you're out I picked him last week but apparently they just had a uh, they just had a horrendous weekend and considering that those four cars are all very similar. Either, I don't know what was going on, but Rodney, you got to get the setup right, man. Come on.
1: Well, uh, Randy, I would throw Kyle Bush into that too, because it was the same kind of situation for Kyle. When they tried to adjust for one part of the corner, the car went backwards. When They tried to adjust for the other part of the corner, the car went backwards. They could never get a good balance on that car all day long. And he just didn't look like Kyle. The interesting thing is he goes into Texas. 46 points uh, back of Joey Logano, but 21 points up on Truex and Harvick, even despite his bad day.
3: Yeah, you look at the finishing order. I mean, there's there's not—I'm I mean, I looking at it right now. I mean, you've got guys like Eric Jones down in 26th. You've got um, Kyle Larson who finished 37th, William Byron 39th. I mean, these guys— are typically not people that are finishing, you know, winning races and finishing in the top five, but they, they should they should still be consistent guys. And then you've got, like you guys said, Harvick and, and Kyle Busch, like the big three guys, are nowhere to be found in the top five except for Kyle Busch. But I mean, he rallied back to finish in the top yep. five. But I mean, these guys, typically of what you've seen all season long with these with the top three guys and and going to Martinsville and not seeing them, you know, battling for the win is really surprising.
1: Okay, so. Next question here is, well, we've got a minute left. So I'm going to pose this and then we're going to go to break and let you guys think about it after the break. We'll talk about it. The question to ponder is looking at now where we're at in the championship playoff standings is Chase Elliott in a must win situation after Martinsville. I'm going to let you guys ponder that. We'll talk about it when we come back. You're listening to the Stock Car Show. It's presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can visit them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com and my computer career. We will be right back. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs
5: Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com or visit them in either of their two locations, one in Danvers, Massachusetts, and one right here in Mooresville, North Carolina, just about, uh, oh, Five, six minutes from the Race at USA Race Chaser Studios, where we are broadcasting this show this evening. My name is Tom Baker. I am joined by Randy Miller and Cisco Scaramuzza, Both of them busy producing the various aspects of the show, as well as co-hosting. And I get to just sit here and talk, so I've got the easy job. And welcome to all of you who have joined us on our Facebook Live broadcast, as well as uh, those of you listening on either Spreaker or the Performance Motorsports Network. You can also get the show on demand, either watching it later on our Race Chaser Media Facebook page, or you can listen on demand at most of the major platforms where you get podcasts SoundCloud, TuneIn. Uh, iTunes Google Play uh, We're on stitcher. We're on I think about eight or nine different platforms So uh, on any of those just search for race chaser radio race chaser radio And you'll be able to listen or like I said just watch the show on our race chaser media Facebook page Continuing our Martinsville discussion. I posed a question before the break I'm going to get everybody's opinion on this here from our panel. The question is After the event in Martinsville, are we at a point with him being now 31 points below the cutoff? Is this a must-win situation now for Chase Elliott if he's going to make the championship four? Randy, I will start with you.
3: You know, earlier in the show, I was talking about how um, Chase Elliott and Joey Logano have been two of the best drivers outside of the top three. And their points have, have shown that because they've been able to, to, you know, get away from adversity and still yeah. be able to be good. Six weeks ago, I would have said, you know, no, he's in a no-win situation. But if you look at the point standings right now, he's 42 points behind. That's almost a full race. Um, he is in a dire situation yeah. right now. He has to win a race. Or he's not gonna be, um, you know, looking for the trophy come uh, Homestead in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, Cisco, I, I want your two cents on this too. And I think part of the problem that Chase had, he finished seventh, which isn't a, a bad day by any means in Martinsville. But you had Truex, Kyle Busch, and Kurt Busch all finish ahead of him, uh, uh, and Joey Logano as well. Of course, getting in because he won. So you know, kind of a situation where. He didn't make up very much ground on some of these guys.
2: Yeah, it's right now six points from Chase up to Kurt Busch. And keep in mind, Chase is sixth in the playoff standings as of right now. So he has six points just to get to the first driver below the cut line. And then 25 points to the two drivers who are tied in Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. So Chase would have to overcome that 31-point gap between Martin Truex and Kevin Harvick in the next two races are Kevin Harvick and Matt, or Martin Truex Jr. going to be 15th or worse or 15 positions behind Chase normally on the racetrack? I, I doubt it. I It would have to be a wreck or something like that. They right. would have to do that twice yep. in order for Chase to pass them. So for me, yes, the math doesn't add up. Chase has to win.
1: I'll I'll take this a step farther. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think what you see is the top four here. That's who you're going to see at Homestead. I think it's Logano, Kyle Busch, Truex, and Harvick. I don't see Chase Elliott winning at Texas or Phoenix. I don't see Kurt Busch winning. I don't see Clint Boyer winning. And I don't see Eric Almirola winning. I don't see any of those drivers winning one of the next two races. Although Phoenix is a relative unknown because as you said earlier, guys, they've flipped the track around backwards. So... Everybody's kind of going in. It's another one of those outlier situations, but you know the top four basically have a 25-point advantage over everybody else at minimum and That's over half a race. I unless Unless one of them really has a bad day uh, And almost a bad two days over the next two races Cisco, I don't see a way that any of these other drivers short of a win. I don't see the the way that they make up the ground.
2: No, the math doesn't add up. If, if they were closer on points, if we we're talking about a gap instead of 25 with the uh, drivers above the cut line, if it was five yeah. or three or something like that, something closer, right. I might buy it. But I agree. The, the points are too big, especially for our Eric Almirola. You, you have a 75-point gap. That's, that's nine impossible to take care of you. Uh, Truex and Harvick would basically have to finish stone dead last. If you had any shot at all.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, And what's interesting about this is now we go into the last two races and ask ourselves this question. Okay. Let's assume that the top four that we see right now, Logano, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, those are your final four guys. Okay. I'll start with Randy this time. Which of these four guys do you look at right now? And we can, you know, we can adjust as needed after the next couple of races. But which of these four would you look at right now as being most likely to succeed at Homestead and win the championship?
3: If I was a betting man, I would think I would put all my money on Kyle Busch. Just because Kyle has, of the four Kyle maybe hasn't won. I think he's actually – hasn't he won more races than the other two? I, I'm pretty sure uh, I think he's won more than Harvick in than the regular Harvick, season. Yeah. So yeah. Other, other than that, I mean, he's probably one of, if not the most consistent of the four. So, I, I mean, obviously going into Homestead, the, the goal is obviously to win the race. But if you yeah. don't win, you just have to finish ahead of the other three. Obviously, I mean, no, nothing against Joey, but I, all three of them probably have a good chance of finishing ahead of Joey, especially if what Martin Truex said comes true. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Kyle and Kevin are probably a good toss-up. I mean, you could probably go with either one of them, but I I think I'd pick uh, Kyle any day over Kevin.
1: Uh, Martin Truex had the quote of the year after the race the other day, yesterday, saying the following. He may have won the battle. He's not going to win the damn war. That's exactly what he said about Joey Logano. I don't think NASCAR will allow Martin Truex to uh, to get revenge on Joey Logano at Homestead. I just don't think that's going to be – I think Martin will be told point blank that that would be a really, really unfortunate thing for him to do. But,
3: Tom, what if he does it – like, obviously, he's not going to just – I mean, obviously, NASCAR knows he's doing He's going to do it. He already said he was. But I well, think – Well, just because he like, said he was doesn't well, mean that's he That's true. But, I mean, I feel like it's a case of, like, it's going to be too too little too late. Like, he's going he's to do it, and NASCAR's not going to be able to react. He, at this point – Martin Truex has nothing to lose. He doesn't have a ride for next year. He does. It, well, away. hang on. No, he, he has a, he has he, a championship. That's right. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, going into 2019, if he knows toward the end of the race, if he knows he's not going to win the championship, he's not going to have anything to lose in terms of making sure that Joey doesn't.
1: Well, again, it's, I mean, it would depend on situation and circumstance, but I will promise you that if Martin Truex uh, interrupts Joey's opportunity to win the championship, NASCAR will make sure Martin doesn't win it either. I True. can promise you that um, Cisco, do you agree or disagree with Kyle Busch at this moment being the favorite?
2: um I I still think Kyle Busch is gonna be the guy at Texas. I It's gonna be hard-pressed for I think Kevin Harvick to overcome that. He's the only other person I would think So Kyle Busch, I think is gonna be the favorite of Texas when it comes to Phoenix. I mean, it worries me, Tom, the fact that Kevin Harvick doesn't think that his best track is going to be at Phoenix. I mean, I agree with you in the fact that, you know, I think that he, I, I, I that the, the track's redesign is giving him some pause, but this still, I think, should be Kevin Harvick's best shot to win a race. This segment while there is a track change and I talked about that earlier I don't think it's massive enough for that to change the skill gap that Kevin Harvick has at Phoenix But it does worry me the fact that he doesn't think that's still there.
1: Well, I'm gonna flip that around on you It it worries me more If I'm the competition that Kevin Harvick thinks He's got a winning car for Texas Because that would suggest to me that I I better be watching for the freaky fast forward at Texas. And we still got to keep him as the favorite for Phoenix. So in other words, this could be a long next couple of weeks for everybody else. I don't necessarily see him being dominated either track. But the fact that he's so confident going into Texas, a track I would consider to be Kyle Bush territory out of this group. Really is interesting to me. And with that, we'll step aside more about Martinsville, more about the playoffs. And we've also got a truck race to talk about as well. And we've got a couple of guests going to be joining us shortly too. More of the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport and my computer career right after this.
5: edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in, you need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu.
4: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less,
5: At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat?
6: Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
2: Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. See, that's
1: my era of music right there. Jim Croce, Bad, Bad, Right Brown, bringing us back from the break, Ben Rhodes. And Ben was involved in the truck race on Saturday at Martinsville, which was won by Johnny Sauter. Shocking, not. <laughs> Johnny, that was about his, uh, what, Cisco, 97th Martinsville win or something in a truck. I'm exaggerating, uh, but only by a little. the most winningest driver
2: league. in the truck series at Martinsville. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, he uh, and look,
2: uh, I, I mean, I'm picking on him, but
1: Johnny definitely drove his heart out on Saturday. That was an unusually uh, mundane truck race, I thought, in the sense that everybody was very respectful of each other. It didn't feel like everybody was on the edge so much like we are used to seeing in the truck races there a lot of good racing um but everybody was kind of easy going to get it i thought for a lot of the race um so randy uh looking at the, the truck race finish on saturday Sauter getting the win brett moffitt talk about a guy who comes up big when he needs to Trying to keep himself going for the rest of the season. I had the chance to talk to Brett on Friday. And honestly, we, you know, we both discussed the fact that he's had, they had such a struggle to get sponsors. Again, he goes to the racetrack. He didn't win, but he finished second. And that's good enough to keep him going in the playoffs here. Going to Texas with a shot at it still.
3: Yeah, you know, it blows my mind that a guy like Brett Moffat can't get a full time sponsorship, especially when he's being—he's won what two races or yeah. three races already, th- just in the last you know ten weeks or so—and and that team's struggling to try to get funds to run the full season when he's in the midst of winning a championship. Just is just pater- I, I don't I just I don't get it. I mean I I get it, but at the same time I'm like you know if there's anybody out there you know we just had somebody in South Carolina win a billion dollars somebody somebody somewhere yeah really can afford to. Pay this man some money for the next couple of weeks, at least, to get him through to Homestead so he can go and win the championship. And it, it to, to me, I know Johnny Sauter has been, you know, the most dominant person probably in the truck series this year. Oh, yeah. But I would love to see Brett Moffitt win the championship without a sponsor and without plans that are firm for 2019. That would be totally awesome.
1: Well, yeah. And he's uh, Brett's good, I think, for the balance of the season funding-wise. But okay. uh, he – he definitely needs something to happen for 19 for sure. You
3: never can't have too much money.
1: No, not <laughs> at all. Um, and that team is maximizing every dollar, and Brad is just driving the wheels off that truck. Right. Uh, Myatt Snyder, a great run to finish in third uh, with his uh, ThorSport truck. And Myatt, a driver who's been up front quite a lot this year, but hasn't had the results to show for it. It's because he was on the show yeah that's right Uh, his recent appearance on the show is what got him that look Mm -hmm. uh we'll we'll take credit anyway um finished in third and ben rhodes who brought us back for the break finishing in fourth kyle benjamin who had a chance to sit and chat with him friday as well and we'll uh, have a video clip from that tomorrow on race chaser media on the uh, facebook page kyle finishes up in fifth in one of the two dgr Crosley trucks that were in action the other one was driven by tyler ankrum who finished 18th in his truck series debut Uh, as far as other playoff drivers justin haley crossing the line in sixth noah gregson finishing up in seventh and i gotta tell you we talked to noah for quite a while as well um and there's a driver who over the last few weeks i think somebody has kind of gotten to him a little bit and junior and, maybe. And I say that, well, it could be junior, it could be <laughs> it could be Rudy Fugle, it could be both, it could be right. a lot of people. It could be. But Noah Noah was remarkably um different at Martinsville when when we spoke with him. Um just the way that he was talking about how he was gonna approach this race and, and really the rest of the season just trying to make sure that he puts his team in position to win the championship at homestead and doesn't take his team out of a position to win the championship at homestead really talking about driving smart using his head you know just a a very different noah very relaxed very calm um still jovial and still kind of that noah sense of humor he was in a press conference with a couple of his teammates um on saturday morning and basically played. Noah from, uh,
2: NoahGregson.com. Yeah. That
1: was the, the highlight of the day. Uh, he played the, the part of Jeff Gluck, only, uh, Noah Gregson.com, uh, and basically asked his teammates. I think this was Friday, actually, now that I think about it, asked his two teammates, which, which of you is going to finish behind the 18 truck tomorrow. And of course Todd Gilliland said, uh, right away without missing a beat, um, are coming off turn four on the last lap and I'm second, I'm not finishing behind the 18th truck <laughs> tomorrow, um, which got a laugh out of everybody. Um, but again, just a different presentation for Noah Gregson and a good, consistent run for him um to finish in seventh, and then uh Matt Crafton 13th, Grant Enfinger finishing in fourteenth. Now, as we look at the truck series playoff standings, guys, um, you know, Johnny Sauter, I'm sure we can all agree if we were going to pick a favorite, it would be Sauter. But then the question becomes, if not Sauter, then who steps up as a driver who stands out for you guys, and I'll start with Randy, as the driver most likely to succeed and win the championship right now in the truck series If it's not Johnny Sauter. I'm going back to Brett Moffitt
3: Uh, just because he has so much, A, momentum, and B, he has so much that he needs to gain and wants to gain from from putting his eyes out and putting his his face out there in the public eye and saying, look, you know, if you give me the money to have a full-time sponsorship, this is what you can get, you know, with your dollars on a truck for, for, you know, an entire season next season. And, And that would give him a good position to go out in 2019. And and then defend said championship should he win it, but if it's not him, then Justin Haley would be my second pick. But I I'm I'm all for Brett Moffat winning the championship.
2: Cisco. I I gotta go with the team that I think as a as a whole is going to have the tech to be able to get them there in the end, and for me, that's still going to be Noah Gregson because of that KBM connection. I think. I think driver for driver, I think Johnny Sauter is going to be better at Homestead. If it was just if all the equipment was the same and it was just down to drivers alone, I would say Sauter would have a little bit better of a chance. But I think Gregson's team will be able, assuming he can get to Homestead and he's in a good position to do so right now, but still assuming that he can get to Homestead. Yeah, I like that team at that mile and a half racetrack.
1: It's, this is an interesting dilemma for me because I picked Justin Haley last week to win the championship. I went ahead and said he's going to win it all. I thought... He would have a better run at Martinsville than he did. He didn't do poorly at all. He he had the speed, but there were a bunch of trucks that had the speed, and that was the problem. Nobody could really pass anybody. Justin, w- w- he would run inside the top five and fall out by one or two. Inside the top five, fall out by one or two. But here's the problem he's got now. He's sitting fifth in the points. He's fifty three points off the the lead. And what's worse for him is he's he's only got fourteen playoff points right now um because he hasn't had any stage wins so i feel like now justin even though he's been running really well as of late and especially in the playoffs here i feel like he's got to win or you know he's going to be in danger here of of missing the cut now if he gets the homestead i think he's got as good a shot as anybody um I do agree with both of you that it's going to come down, I think, at this point, although I still want to believe in Justin, and I do, but he's got to get there now. Um, and I believe it's going to be Gregson and Moffitt chasing Johnny Sauter here. And I didn't like Noah's chances as much going into Martinsville as I like them right now, because I like the new attitude and the new approach that Noah has. If he can just not beat himself he's got a good shot at this second in the points right now Um, he's got 10 stage wins he's got 25 playoff points two less than Moffitt we might add Um, Sauter though has accumulated so many playoff points he's got 15 more than Moffitt who is second in that category um, that it's going to be very difficult I think to overcome that but we get to homestead it's all about winning the race or finishing ahead of the other four if haley gets there i think he's got a good shot if haley doesn't get there then i think if i'm gonna pick somebody besides Sauter, i'm going with noah gregson but moffitt certainly i mean this could be the most interesting homestead truck race that we've ever had randy because i mean my gosh just look at Sauter, gregson and moffitt just those three Never mind who gets in there right now. It's Grand M Finger sitting in fourth. But if Haley can get in there, um, you know, or someone else can can sneak up. But I mean, I think just those three alone at Homestead, especially if they're all on their game and the trucks are running well. Boy, you want to talk about some bumping and running. That could be a real interesting race.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. Somebody would have to look up, look up the record for, like, the number of lead changes in a truck race at Homestead. But you're looking at three drivers who can definitely battle oh, back yes. and forth for the win yeah. at Homestead uh, the, the fr- that Friday night. And, you know, you, you you do pit stops and all that stuff, you know, combined. And we're, we're talking probably a record-breaking, you know, lead change type of uh, – I can even see a three-wide finish type thing. With these guys, you know, if it comes down to to real, you know, to it comes down to it, because all three of them have have a at least Oof. a decent chance. I'll tell you, I mean, it's, that'd be I, awesome. I you
1: know, either M Finger or Haley going into that situation as the fourth truck. Um, I mean, you would have an amazing duel to the finish, uh, and if you could get, like I said, if you could get all four of them running equally well um that homestead race could be a real barn burner Mm -hmm. so you know i'm excited to see where the truck series is going but they got two more races to get through one at texas one at phoenix this is going to be real interesting now we're going to talk about the xfinity series a little bit later in the program because we need to step aside when we come back we've got our first of two guests Joining us here via the Race Chaser hotline, it's Timmy Salamito from the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. He's on deck, ready to go full throttle with us on the Stock Car Show right after this.
9: Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show.
3: <laughs> That's fun watching him do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mentioned Tasmanian Devil during the commercial break. Yeah, the break. Tasmanian like, Devil every, every. has
1: just arrived here.
3: We heard yeah. him coming during, during the, like, when the commercial break started, we heard him drive up. He is, That's dressed, loud. He was he
1: is dressed for Halloween as Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport Magazine. He's out of
3: breath too. Apparently, uh,
1: we we need. To, I think we need to give Jacob some mic volume here. Welcome to welcome back to the stock car show. This is our no, second we, we, hour. No, we
10: just need to give Jacob some oxygen. That's yeah,
3: that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we need to put him in the ceiling where they drop down in front of us like an airplane. When uh, it loses, uh, yeah. you know.
1: For for those who wonder where the heck Jacob's been for the last hour, Jacob has been up the road about fifteen minutes at Millbridge Speedway, which is a little, a little six mile or so. Um, dirt track that is currently hosting the 72 hours of outlaw karting otherwise known (laughs) as one of the coolest events that's ever been held here i make fun of it just because well that's what i do but it's (laughs) it's the keith coons motorsports give back classic and what that means is keith coons motorsports set this event up invited a bunch of outlaw kart racers in who are not accomplished in other parts of of the sport in other words kyle larson's not eligible for this one um because the grand prize is that the winner of this thing is going to get a chili bowl ride with keith coons motorsports
10: super cool hence the name give back classic correct now there is one caveat to this before we bring our I think, guest on. Yes, we have Timmy Salamito Salamito. Salamito? in the
1: pits waiting to come out and race with us.
10: So in just a second, before we bring Timmy Salamito out, let me add the caveat to this is if this driver who wins the race Wednesday night is not 16 by the time Chili Bowl is set to run, then they get a ride with Keith Coons Motorsports at another event during the year that their age allows them to run. Because the age restriction for Chili Bowl is you have to be 16. Well, that would be depressing. Uh, it wouldn't be, though. I, I mean, <laughs> it would look anytime you get yeah. to drive a Keith
1: Coons midget, it's a it's great, great opportunity, but there's only one chili bowl. Correct. Only one chili bowl. And Roy Hayes has uh, been with us in our chat here for a little bit. He's um, eligible. Roy's, yeah, Roy's son, Roy R3. Yes, R3. Uh, Roy,
7: ah, Roy so Hayes.
1: we had R2 in the chat. Yeah, okay. R2 is in the chat. Roy Hayes, uh, Among those trying to chase that chili ball prize, and he is, I believe, age eligible.
10: Yes, Um, he would be.
1: So, yeah. So we'll see how that works out. We let's wish talk, all the racers yes. good luck.
10: Let's talk some modified.
1: Yes, let's talk modifieds. on pavement. Timmy Salamito been very patient with us while we got through that <laughs> opening. Uh,
10: <laughs> if only Timmy could. Hey, I think I would have made Timmy proud with as fast as I came flying. Yeah, in the here.
1: hurricane that uh, blew in here. Timmy, welcome to the Stock Car Show. Once again, good to have you back on the program and uh, good to talk to you again.
9: Great to be back, guys. Uh, good to be you. How's everything?
1: Well, everything is uh, good now that Jacob has uh, caught his breath now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we can talk some modified racing now. I, you know, look, I, I hate to start with um, the, the the current situation because it sounds, at least for, from us as fans, and obviously, um, you know, we want the drivers, all of you guys, to succeed. Uh, Starrett not returning to uh, the fold for 2019. That's the news that came out. Uh, here recently what does that do to your program for next year talk a little bit about kind of how that has come down and and what that's going to do to your uh wheel and modified tour program for 19.
9: yeah certainly you know uh first and foremost uh you know we were all of us at flamingo motorsports were very thankful for uh what star has done for our team and and uh you know everybody involved so uh, you know they supported motorsports for three or four years and uh you know, they, they had a great impact on our team and, and many others. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be sad that year to start without him, but, uh, you know, thankful for everything that they did and, and, uh, you know, I wish them the best of luck and, um, you know, they're still welcome to come, come and hang out at the track. And, uh, you know, we met a lot of great people through, through their company and, and, uh, you know, we hope to keep them as fans. So, um, that's first and foremost. Um, you know, secondly, I'm, I'm very lucky uh, to drive for a great car owner, Eric Sanderson. Um, you know the, yeah, the news of Starrett leaving hasn't really changed much of our program for for 2019. Um, you know we have great great owners and, and a great team and uh, everybody's stepping up to the plate to uh, to make things better. So we we ordered uh, some new new rides for 2019 and uh, the boys are working diligently to make them all prepped and ready to go for for next year. So um, you know we haven't slowed down at all. The uh, race season started. We, we actually had a terrible last weekend of racing at Thompson. We Ended up uh, wrecking our, our primary car in qualifying. We had a left rear tire come off the beat and uh, junked that one to the point where it's not not able to be fixed. So that one got stripped down and, and cut up and sent to the scrapyard and um, ended up in, a, in another melee of my own fault in uh, the opening laps at uh, Thompson in the race. So, um, you know, we're just working on next year and, and already got uh, new cars ordered and, and uh, you know, the boys are already at the shop working, so... Uh, all is good for, for 2019.
10: Timmy, how do you rebound both mentally and kind of from a team morale standpoint after a year that, you know, by your own standards and, and certainly by your own admission at different times through the year was not the, uh, the, the strength that you guys have been accustomed to the last couple of years.
9: Yeah, we've had, uh, you know, since I really, you know, strapped into the 16 team with Flamingo and, and Sly, um, you know, we really haven't, haven't really struggled. So, um, you know you have years like that you have uh, years that set you back a little bit and, and uh, you know just uh, makes you push harder for for next year so um, you know basically you just got to spend more time with the team gonna go up there a couple times in the in the winter um, a couple times a month and and rebound and build a morale and uh, get things set forward you know forward to where they need to be and and uh, just work on our program and not worry about anybody else you know um, that's really all you can do I mean my guys never gave up all year we, you know it's it's easy when, when you're winning races and running in the top three every week and qualifying on polls, you know, that's that's when it's easy. Uh it's when you're struggling that it that it becomes a lot more difficult. And uh, you know, you need the guys to stick behind you and they have and you know, we'll rebound from it. It's just uh you know, we had we had one of those years. We just yeah. couldn't hit anything right, couldn't couldn't uh couldn't get anything where we needed it to be. We weren't on the you know, we weren't on the right you know, we just weren't in the right areas where we needed to be all year. On the track, just everywhere, you know, just struggled. So um, we're making some changes and doing the best that we can to uh, to get back up front.
10: With the way you ended 17, I'll be, you mentioned how uh, some of the highs were at the end a year ago. Were you surprised at the, at the downtick, at the change this year that you guys had to weather?
9: Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, you see this happen all the time. I mean, look at Jimmy Johnson. You know, I mean, the guy goes out and wins, wins, wins. And now he, he can't even get out of his own wet. You know, I mean, the sport that we're in is just very humbling. And, and, uh, you could be on the top tomorrow and you could be on the bottom the week after. I mean, my dad always told me, you know, you're only as good as the last couple laps that you raced. So, um, I couldn't be truer. I mean, you gotta, you gotta fight for it. You gotta work hard. Um, you know, you, what you put in is what you get out. And, uh, you know, I just gotta dig a little bit deeper, work harder and, and, uh, you know, just, just set forward what we want to do for next year and, and go out and accomplish those goals. That's what we've done in, in years past, and, um, you know, it was going so well that, you know, maybe maybe we got uh, too used to it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it happens, and, you know, it humbled us, and now we're, we're back set and ready to go. We're we're hard to find that speed and to get back up front.
10: What is the sponsorship situation for you guys for next year? With Starrett leaving, do you guys have anything locked down as of yet that you can talk about, or is that something that we'll expect to to hear more about later into the winter?
9: Yeah, we're still working on a few things, but, um, you know, our normal guys are back for next year. Flamingo Motorsports, R&B Enterprise, um, you know, those are our our two biggest backers, and uh, they've been with the team for for 30 years. So, um, you know, you you can't – you can't – knock that I mean guys that have been in the sport for so long they've seen the ups they've seen downs and and they don't go anywhere you know um like I said it's it's easy when the going's good it's it's a lot harder when the going's not that good so um they've always been behind us and and they've always provided us with the best that they could and um you know we're thankful for that at at Flamingo Motorsports and uh you know we're going to give them the best 2019 that we possibly can
1: Timmy this is kind of the time when we look at you know, what can we do different for next year? I'm curious in terms of rules, procedures, schedule, whatever. What is there anything that if you could, you would like to see the wheel and tour change or do differently for 2019?
9: Uh, I think they're doing a great job. I mean, I wouldn't want to race on any other series. I mean, you know, you see a lot of these other modified series that pop up here and there. Um, yeah, it's cool to go race, but uh, it's just kind of a almost a glorified Saturday night type deal. You know, uh, there's just uh, something about the Well Modified Tour that uh, that's where you want to be. You know, you don't really, you know, you don't really want to go and run those glorified Saturday night shows, even though they do help you and they make you better. But um, you know, at the end of the day, you want to be racing on the Well Modified Tour, no matter what what type of modified you're driving elsewhere. So. Um, I think they're doing a great job. I think, um, you know, the, the the series as a whole just has it, you know, has everything together, and, um, you know, it's good tight racing. I mean, you know, you hear all these guys, these naysayers that say, oh, you're back 20 years ago, it was way better, this, that, and the other thing, the racing was way better, you know, and they bash what we have now. You know, guys back then, they could buy Hutter Motors. They could spend 50, 60 grand on a motor, you know, where other guys could only spend 40. Now everybody's got a spec engine. You know, everybody's got the same cars that equalizes it so much that the driver really comes into effect and it, you know, it makes it tough on us, you know, and, and there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, the racing's so boring or this, that, and the other thing, but they don't step back and look at the big picture.
10: Well, I know for you the big picture, Timmy, certainly isn't possible without a lot of supporters. You've mentioned a few of them over the course of this segment, but I uh, want to give you one more chance to give any shout-outs or thank-yous to all those who make it possible for Timmy Salamito to get to the racetrack.
9: Yeah, certainly. I mean, first and foremost, my family, I mean, they've been behind me uh, I've been racing 20 years and they've been I don't think they've missed a weekend I mean um they they support me in everything I do and um you know coming back good bad or other they've uh, they've always been there to cheer me on whether I've uh, plucked it in the fence or I've been in victory lane so um uh, wouldn't be you know wouldn't be myself without them and uh, you know Eric Sanderson's been behind me for for 4 years now going on our 5th year together um and that was a dream come true I mean the day I got that phone call it was like hitting the lottery for Myself and my family, my, my parents, you know, uh, they sacrificed so much to, to get me where I am. And, uh, you know, I just can't say enough about Sly and everybody, Jerry up at the shop. I mean, those guys really put in a lot of hours. Paul Les, the entire Les family. Um, you know, they, they've been with the team for 30 years before me, and, and uh, they've been behind us the entire time. Um, you know, we got Flamingo Motorsports, um, Sanderson McLeod Brushes, Diversified Metals, Bob Bruno Race Engines, Troy Race Cars, JRI Shocks. Uh, SSR suspension. Um, uh, who else do we got? We got Tom Strupp, He's Heinz uh, Performance. He's always helping us out. Kevin Hughes at RE. Um, Waddell Communications. Uh, the list goes on and on. It really takes an army to be able to be out there every week, and um, lucky to have such good support and you know good backbone to keep us going even when the we have a pretty rough year.
1: Well, we're definitely uh, happy to to hear that uh, nothing changes as to your plans for next year with the loss of uh, Sterrett Tools. And we certainly wish you all the best. We hope you have uh, a great Thanksgiving and uh, holiday season. And we'll look forward to catching up with you here a little bit uh, later on in the winter when we can talk a little longer.
9: Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on.
1: That's Timmy Salamito, and uh, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we go K&M Pro Series West Racing. With the champ. With the champ, Derek Thorne, going to join us right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, and my computer career. We will be right back.
4: How to be a great dad in 15 seconds.
10: Hey, this is Garrett Smithley, driver of the number nothing Chevrolet for JD Motorsports, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Or as they say in the South, nothing, nothing, Number nuttin'
1: nothing honey they used to be uh, a commercial but anyway uh welcome back to the stock car show presented by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety and by our new sponsor my computer career hey i got a question is your job sucking the life out of you wake up you can do something else information technology i know what you're thinking but i'm not a math and science person well No problem and no excuse. It's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. Today you can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months, attend classes on campus, or live online just two to three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. My Computer Career, nationally accredited, financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon. So go take the career evaluation test now at mycomputercareer.edu, mycomputercareer.edu. Again, mycomputercareer.edu. And oh, by the way, we have A guest waiting for us on the Race Chaser Hotline, our second of this program. Can I
10: introduce him?
5: Sure Since go I ahead. Been here. You awesome. introduce him.
10: Yeah. He is the driver who stepped away from full-time racing oh about 5 years ago after he did. winning a championship and he got bored eventually. So he decided he was going to come back with Bob Bruncati Racing and well he went out and won another and championship. And we hope now that
1: he's won <laughs> another championship he's not going to walk away again.
10: Well, I guess we'll find out in just a minute. Let's bring him out of the pits and have him go full throttle with us. Derek Thorne for the first time, welcome to the program and I guess I'll start right there. This championship isn't going to drive you away again, is it?
8: <laughs> I hope not, man. Thanks for having me on. I've actually uh, I was retired from the K&N series, but I still have been competing full time in uh, super late competition for uh, a gentleman out of Bakersfield, California, for the last four or five years.
1: Tell us about that a little bit before we get to the K&N stuff
8: uh byron and carol campbell here at bakersfield i was uh, working for junior joiner matt craft and screw chief uh currently uh here in bakersfield this is a fabricator and uh came across byron and carol and they wanted to go run what we consider that's called the srl southwest tour series which used to be the old nascar yeah. southwest tour version back in the day so um the spears uh, manufacturing picked that up and uh it's about a 10 race schedule we run uh, mostly here kind of in the the southwestern part of the United States, but uh, we've won three or four championships in the last four or five years, so um, it's uh, been a good little run. Good to go back around the Derby with them here at the end of this year. So we always get to kind of go and run some of the bigger uh, money shows, I guess, uh, you know, towards the end of the season, nice. like the All-American 400 or Snowball Derby.
10: So what was the nudge or the push that told you this is the right time to, uh, to go back to Bob and <laughs> say, let's do this again?
8: You know, you, you really never know. It was uh, Bob just called me up. He, he's he been having kids, uh, you know, kids with, I guess he's been renting his rides out, more or less, and yeah. I'm not the driver that has that kind of money. So, you know, whenever he calls or has the opportunity, I'm more than willing to listen. But, uh, you know, without his help and support, him and Maureen Brancati's support, it, uh, it wouldn't be possible So for them to call me up, give me the opportunity. You know, we sat down at the beginning of the year, and it's one thing to plan and have a, a game plan going into a season. Uh, but obviously you never can predict the future. If so, you know, we'd be doing something else with life. But um started the season off on the right foot. And just uh, every race, you know, we kind of made the most of each one and came out on top.
10: The last three years it's been Bill McAnally's Toyota team that's really had the, the hot hand and dominated the K&M West Series. And I know Bob, Bob told me at the banquet last year, you know, we're looking for a spark. And it felt like you and Ryan Partridge together kind of brought that this year. Was it something that, that as a group collectively you guys found this year or just a matter of maybe a little veteran experience on your part?
8: I think it's a little bit of everything. When you have younger kids, uh, sick kids that bring money, a lot of times you don't get a whole lot of feedback uh, behind the wheel. And as a program, you know, it strives on information and development and trying to make your team better as far as chassis and setups go. And I think Ryan and myself, uh, we were never teammates before. I never knew him that well. But when we hit it off, our team dynamic, in my opinion, uh, between Ryan and myself and Trevor Huddleston and Bill Sedgwick and Jeff Schrader and Clinton Cram, you know, I felt like that was our one- or one uh, secret weapon that you know people, most people underestimated was the amount of time and energy we all spent together trying to make sure you know each and every team was running its best capacity each and every week. And I think that was one thing that really catapulted you know Ryan's uh, past success and information and his input behind the wheel and mine as well just kind of helped keep our team you know running the best it could each week.
10: Two wins this year, and I'll ask you of the two, you had one at Colorado and uh, a second at Evergreen. Which one for you was was the most memorable because I know both of those were particularly exciting races for the series.
8: It was. And actually I'm going to veer away from that. I think some of the most exciting racing, at least for us as a team, you know we went to some tracks this year, the dirt track being included, Gateway Motorsports Park, Iowa, in the like, Iowa gateway type tracks were our Achilles heel back in 2013. Like we showed up to those the Canaan east and west were scored separate so even though i was in the west series if i finished 15th i'd get fourth or fifth place points depending on how i finished amongst those group of drivers and going into this season um, they no longer do that they combine everybody so i really felt like i was going into those races just anything in the top 10 would have been a great a great uh, success and we came home with a second at iowa and a third at gateway and i feel like those two results even though they weren't in the win column uh, were just as special as the wins we had this year
10: now, you, you mentioned that you had two wins, but here's the stat that blew my mind when I looked it up. Your first championship, you had 14 top tens in 15 races, an a- average finish of fourth. This year, I, I couldn't believe it that when I said this, but you bettered that. 14 top tens. Thirteen top fives in fourteen races and an average finish of third. Your worst finish all year was eighth on the road course at Sonoma. I mean, did you feel like there was some magic (laughs) to this season because that kind of a run just doesn't happen?
8: Yeah, I was telling my wife the other day there was some. You have to have a lot of lady luck on your side, and there's no doubt about it. The guys in the shop gave us great equipment. There's no denying that. Bill Cedric has worked his ass off all season. Sorry, Kelby, I said they were on. On your radio broadcast, my apologies, but you know it comes down to a lot of lady luck. There's some there's some situations throughout the season where, you know, where we could have been really caught up in some gnarly stuff or stuff that didn't didn't want to pan out in our direction. But everything always kind of kind of fell back into place. You know, like we we almost lost a lap at Iowa, um, but when the yellow came out, the leader ran out of fuel, so we got our lap back. Um, we were a lap down at Roseville. Um, I had to pass one more guy for a lucky dog. I couldn't get around him. He got a flat tire, and I got the lucky dog because he got the flat tire. Um, We got spun under green at the dirt track, and no caution came out. We fell to the back, but the caution came out at the right time. And there was four or five or six instances all year where our bad finishes, you know, we could have been a 10th to 15th place finish, and it turned into a top five somehow. And those are the kind of weekends, I think, that make a championship season. And, you know, those happened a lot. And then lady luck was on our side, for sure, for many of them.
1: I got to ask you, Derek, about the dirt dirt track because – we, we, you know, we, we had our opinions uh, of, of that race after watching it. Um, what was it like for you? Because, I mean, it just basically looked like, I mean, I'm, I'm from the upstate central part of New York State where we measure snow and feet and get whiteouts frequently <laughs> during the winter. That's kind of what it reminded me of is driving in Oswego during a whiteout. Um, was it really that bad for you guys uh, on the track?
8: No, it wasn't. It's something different. You know, it's tough. I don't know, you know, being uh, the Midwest or the Northwest or any place that gets moisture, you know, tracks are heavy clay and compact and have a lot of grip. And, you know, it's Vegas in the late part of summer and, you know, the places doesn't take a lot of water. So we went into it kind of knowing it was going to be, a, I guess, a dry slick type deal. But it was kind of neat as it took rubber. You know, and as it took rubber, it became, became more racy. And, you know, I think it was just one of the races of attrition. And that was one of the big races I think we have circle on our calendar because. It's easy to show up. Everybody and their grandma was going to that one. They under mm-hmm. 25 or 30 almost. On the yeah. End of so um, that was one race we just wanted to get through unscathed. It was a bad night there, obviously. Uh, you know, it would be a big kick to the points. But I really enjoyed it. It's uh, something different. You know, It's, it's I commend NASCAR for, for throwing us in that situation and, and letting us kind of get our feet wet and uh, something a little bit, you know, off base of what we normally do.
10: So one more question before we give you a chance to say some thank yous. You're now a two-time champion of the K&M Pro Series West and there's not a whole ton of drivers that can say they've won multiple championships in the series. What does it mean to you to to join that fraternity and and to become one of those select group of drivers to represent this series more than once?
8: You know, I feel like it's just it's a humbling experience. You know, and in, uh, in my situation, as many drivers out there, they're, they're, when you're given a break, you're given an opportunity by by uh, team owners or people that own their own teams, such as Maureen and Bob or... The gentlemen I drive for here, Byron and Carol Campbell, it uh, you know, you almost want to pinch yourself a little bit. There's so many kids around the country that deserve shots, deserve chances, and uh, sometimes you just luck into the right place, right time with the right people. And you know, it's just a team effort. You know, it's to be to be a champion. I feel like I'm carrying, helping carry the banner for the Sunrise Ford Racing team. They deserve it. They put all the work in, and I feel like the you know the championships we get, it's for them. You know, and I'm just humbled to be the one getting to pilot or be, get to be the guy behind the wheel. You know, being the face of it.
10: Well, uh, before we let you go, um, get get a chance and say some thank yous here to uh, some of the sponsors and supporters that help you and the Sunrise Ford team make it possible.
8: No, absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah, Bob and Maureen Brancati, biggest. uh, Bill Sedgwick, can't thank him enough. Everybody on the 6 and 9 and the 22 teams this year. um, Hats off to them for for sticking behind us. There were some weekends there where we we weren't 100%, and uh, the 9 or 22 would, would help us out with setups in order to get us back going in the right direction again. But IBox Springs is a big supporter of ours this year, Lucas Oil, um, you know, all those people that, that help keep our team going in the right direction. I just can't thank them all enough.
1: Well, we understand, uh, is it your wife's birthday tonight?
8: Yeah, we're, I'm actually sitting outside a little place called a noodle bar here in Bakersfield, California. I got a... My wife and kid and family and stuff inside there. We're waiting to get a, get a little party going.
1: Well, uh, we certainly appreciate your wife allowing us to borrow you for a while <laughs> to, to talk some racing. We're we're really excited to finally get you on the program. And we'd like to bring you back a little bit later on in the winter if we can. Uh, and talk about what plans you may have for 19 and spend a little more time with you.
8: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. It honors all mine. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys supporting the series and supporting racing
0: and doing what you guys do.
1: That's 2018 NASCAR k Pro Series West champ, Derek Thorne. And we're going to step aside when we come back. More race talk. We still got another 30 minutes here. So don't go anywhere. You're listening or watching the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. My computer career. Be right back.
4: Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444
1: Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN
2: Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk.
6: A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
10: Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports.
1: Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and mycomputercareer.edu tom baker jacob sealman and we've got somewhere over somewhere there i keep pointing no, at i'm the,
10: i'm the one that points at i'm the terrible
1: box. at uh, well i did earlier but i'll I have turn to, it
2: on tom when you point to the right box It'll yeah i the have point to, to the right he, box. i, I he have to remember to point that at me yeah basically
1: it looks i guess i'm going that way so up yeah. there somewhere no Cisco's is randy down, miller Randy's cisco up. is down on the bottom i knew where i was going okay. i just needed to be able to anyway uh we're still yeah. i'm still you know i'm old still trying to figure out and we're trying talk to figure about... out how to be a reflection on the, the facebook conversation it's called a mirror. yeah mirror image anyway let's get back to racing <laughs> we're gonna talk cars tour. yeah here. let's do that. something i know something about and uh the cars tour cisco knows something about it too he's been filming them all this year mm-hmm. um the Cars who are running their season finale this weekend at Sobo, South Boston. One of my favorite tracks. And hoping that uh, the weather holds out well because I really want to go up there and see that show at Sobo. It should be a lot of fun, actually. And um, I guess I'll start with this. You've got two divisions racing. It's a 250-lap night, 125 each You've got two divisions racing and I don't see this Cisco as so much being just about crowning champions. I think this is going to be a war on both sides of of the cars tour, the supers and the late model stocks, because you've got drivers on both sides that have had seasons of frustration Who haven't really gotten to where they want to be and not necessarily a shot to win the title But they could darn sure go out and try
2: to win a race to close it out Certainly the driver that comes to mind on the late model stock side of things who's been in position and just had the world Come crashing down on top of him, has been Lane race because Uh he's been in position several times to go out and win races and a wreck here a wreck there and that's just kind of been their season. It's not been yeah. the season they've wanted even outside long. of the Cars Tour that we saw, for instance, in the uh, in the Rodney Cook Memorial to where he got taken out early in that race, too. So it has been a trying year, I would say, for the entire Riggs crew. And uh, on the side of the super late models, I think someone that we've wanted to see do a little bit better and just hasn't. And uh, part of that going. coming from not running every single race. Okay. but. I think someone I'm looking to see what they're going to try and do has been Corey Heim. Just from the fact that he's still in the points battle, kind of. He's 21 back. Yeah. But it's been
10: another season where he's just kind of been, eh. Can I add on to Corey Heim? Yes, please.
1: uh, Because if you didn't, I was going to. But go ahead. I'll let you do it. He
10: should be a three-time late model stock winner and has – Zero super trophies to show for Oh, that wasn't
1: where I was going. I was going to say Sorry. that. Sorry. Two Corey, super late model,
10: one late model style. Well, yeah.
1: Co- Corey Heim also has an additional incentive here. Be- oh. Because Corey Heim just made an announcement.
10: Oh, yes. He's going Arca Racing. He's
1: going Arca Racing next year to um, Chad Bryant. Is it Motorsports? Chad Bryant Motorsports? Chad Bryant Racing. racing. Chad Bryant Racing. Yep. Um, and that's going to be a good deal for Corey. That's I think. Big. I think he's ready for it. I think he's proven it. And as you said, Jacob, he doesn't have the results to show no, for the performance. But that's those are exactly the two drivers, Cisco, that I would be watching for. I'm going to give you another name that I'm not sure if he'll contend for the win, but I do think it's going to be fun to watch making his late model stock debut on the cars tour. But having run once in the superlates this year is Minnie Tyrell. He's a Virginia native. He's going to be making his uh, debut on the stock side of of the ledger for uh, the 125 lapper there, um, and I think uh, they definitely he can race well at South Boston. And then of course Sam Mayer. Uh, running out of the junior motorsports stable as well this coming weekend Sam's only got one win um, and he's had a lot of good performances and again not a lot of results to show for it but Sam has proven himself at every single level that he's raced at this year from late models to super late models to K&N to ARCA Jacob there I see no reason why Sam Mayer doesn't go to South Boston and after not the kind of outing he wanted the first time there. Right. I don't see any reason he doesn't go there and race for a win this weekend.
10: Well, absolutely. He, ju- I mean, he just came off finishing second to teammate Josh yep. Berry at the Fall Brawl at Hickory, yep. and and I want to clarify a point that uh, that we made earlier uh, on Corey Heim. He's racing in the car Super Late Model Tour, but my point uh, actually stood. The three races that he's had ripped from him this season were, in fact, late model stock car I races so. I as think opposed he, to yeah. Super Late Model races. Uh, twice at South Boston, he swept a pair of twins, Cisco, and was thrown out in tech inspection, and then, of course, the Martinsville 300, which we all have our opinions on that. Uh, We're not going to get into that debate, but... Coulda, shoulda, woulda, didn't. Right. So I, I would argue at this point he just wants any big race that he can win and end the season on a strong point, and a super late model would be as good a thing as any. But I think your point about uh, Sam Mayer, Tom, as and, and Cisco's kind of questioning it in our chat already. JRM, are they going to show up or poof? Because I mean, they've been
2: around these last three races. Josh has won two the last three. Sam won in Raleigh, yep. so we know that they have speed now. But it it came out of this sudden like, oh, J- three, four races left. JRM just all of a sudden came out of the box swinging and yeah. suddenly <laughs> decimated absolutely everybody. So my question is, it was that just a temp thing? We've had a little bit of time off now, so is JRM going to keep up that speed? Or is it going to go back to being Bobby McCarty land, especially considering that the Autos by Nelson and uh, the Barry Nelson crew has uh, had a little bit of success lately? There was this guy called Timothy Peters who went out and won at Talladega. Yeah, I know it wasn't the same team, but it helps that the sponsors are on board and everything. And before we leave this point, one more point we do want to make. Jessica Dana also making her late model stock debut at Sobo as well.
10: Yeah, I want to actually give a, a huge hand to uh, Bobby McCarty in the season he's had. I mean, this is an absolute breakout year for him and Barry Nelson's crew. Four yep. wins, no finishes outside the top 10 in 11 late model stock cars tour races this season. A 20-point lead over Lee Pulliam going into the final race. I mean, barring an a- absolute collapse. Bobby McCarty is going to be crowned champion this weekend. I think the uh, the question still remains on the super late model side because Roth Lassard is only eight points back of Jared Fryer going into this championship race. So I don't think that battle's over at all. But oh. McCar- <laughs> McCarty? What a year he's had, Tom. I mean, I give that Nel- that Nelson Motorsports team so much credit for what they came into this series and did this year. And to beat Lee Pulliam, are you kidding me? When you do that, you've done something, man.
1: Well, here's, here's what's funny to me is that I've been around long enough to remember Bobby Mack when he was about this high um, racing go-karts and, you know, used to watch him run all the time at uh, the indoor race that they have in December every year up in Greensboro, the king of the concrete oh, race. Yes. Yeah. And and now here he is tearing up the cars to her. Yes. Um, you know, Bobby proved the talent that we all thought he had in the carts, And he's been he's been committed. He's been focused and been dedicated. And you're right. He's had a great yeah. season. Um, and I think. I he's got the title in my, you know, I think yeah. he's um, and on the super side of things, not only do I agree that I don't think the super title is over. Remember what happened at Martinsville yesterday? Yeah. Watch out at South Boston on Saturday in the Super Late Race, because we all know that Ralph Lassard is not afraid to ruffle feathers. No, and there's a not. championship at stake
10: here. Yes, there and is. And remember who he races for. Yes, he does. Okay, that would be Kyle. Bush that would be Kyle Busch. Yes, Cisco. Uh, I know you want to make a point about Colin Garrett's super late model debut but i want to also toss you this little nugget and get your thoughts should he come from behind and make up those eight points rafael Lasard would become the first repeat champion in either division in cars tour history uh, of course doing so on the super late model side if he can pull it off how big a statement is that Yeah, and keep in mind,
2: of course, this isn't back-to-back. He won in 2016. He won in 2018. But nonetheless, no, you're absolutely right, Jacob. That's a huge statement that Rafi, I think, is ready to move up to some bigger cars and stuff like that. But, yeah, I did want to make the note that Colin Garrett will be making uh, his uh, Cars Tour debut at uh, Sobo, as well as another driver who's putting his name into the conversation, Brandon Lynn, going to be hopping back in the car at Sobo as well. Yeah, Brandon uh, made okay. some ARCA
10: starts for Venturini Motorsports not too terribly long ago. I think it was last year he was in the car yep. for them a couple of times. Cisco, out of curiosity on the uh, on the Colin Garrett side, um, is that for uh, for Sellers Hunt?
2: Yes, it is Sellers and AtFedHead Racing.
10: Ah, combination between that's uh, interesting. Sellers. So so okay, so he drives for Peyton Sellers and Sam Hunt in the NASCAR k and Pro Series East does Colin Garrett. Yeah. But when you add Jamie Yelton and Fathead into the mix, that could be potent right there.
1: That's interesting. It's uh, interesting. That'll, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and oh, by the way, uh, in the wheelhouse of this show, you mentioned Venturini motorsports Oh yes there was that big dude, announcement too. this past that week. That
10: thing that Christian Eckes was teasing us about. Yeah, <laughs> when he
1: was on a couple of weeks ago, he was teasing us that something was coming and we all thought it was a, a full-time truck, truck announcement yeah. but um, Full time arca for Christian Eckes with Venturini Motorsports next year. That puts Venturini right back in the middle of the championship hunt. Yes, it does. Series. And they are
10: looking for their first drivers championship in a couple of decades. It goes all the way back to when big Bill Venturini. Unbelievable won his it's been two that long. Drivers championships. Christian trying to become the first non Venturini to win Venturini Motorsports a driver's title, and that to me is huge. I call them the title favorites right now.
1: I would say, yeah, I think the road to the championship goes through Christian Eck is what we know now. Going into next year, we'll see where everything else falls. We're going to step aside when we come back. We have got more as we finish strong here on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport
6: and My Computer
1: Career. Don't go anywhere.
10: Stop these
4: tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive.
5: I'm
2: Kaz Grolla, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome
1: back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport and uh, my computer career. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and Randy Miller over there in the tech shed. Before
10: you get too far away from, from the re-entry, I want to give Kaz Grolla props. By okay, the way. give him props. All Why? right. Because Kaz Grala won a race over the weekend.
1: Oh but, yes, he did. Yeah, and and I I don't. I guess it was an, endure, an it endurance. It was a tw- Yes, it was 12
10: a 12 hour? twelve hour endurance race at New Jersey Motorsports Park, sanctioned what by SCCA. A funny name. What yes, was it? It's called Devil in the Devil in the Dark. It's a twelve hour okay. sports car endurance race. Three hours to go. They were P two. They ended up winning it. Kaz was one of the co-drivers. It was sanctioned by SCCA, so hey, Kaz, we're paying attention even though you're not running NASCAR. Congrats, man! Good job, man. brother. Yeah, that
1: was a great uh, that was a great win for him. Um, the Cisco, the name Devil in the Dark. I
2: guess that's appropriate for a pre-Halloween event, right? I, I, I think it's probably part of that, and I, I wanted to check with Jacob. I'm assuming that track doesn't have lights all the way around the circuit, hence why there's a little bit of a devil in the dark, because I unless believe, your headlights
10: yes. uh, are working, it could be a little bit of an issue? I believe that's correct, yes. I don't wow. think New Jersey has lights all the way around Thunderbolt Raceway. It's most of them, but yes, headlights are, headlights are a good thing.
2: Also, Crazy. yeah, yeah, that would not be fun. And uh, knowing, you know, the brief uh, night racing I've done in eye racing, Tom, it yeah, it's no comparison, really. But still, when he can't see, that's that's not good when you're going hundred miles an hour. No, it,
1: it is. What's what? What was I, I? I shot. I was part of a video shoot at uh, Summit Point Cart in Washington D.C. last weekend, and that course. There's there are three different tracks. On this complex it's an outdoor deal similar to GoPro motorplex but not exactly like it and what they do at night they do have lights around the, the what they call the beginner track which is still pretty tight and, and difficult but um, they actually put little lights on top of your helmet so you have a light on your helmet you have your own personal headlight yes. um, and it pretty doggone cool the GoPro footage we got at night was was just fantastic and uh so interesting congratulations to kaz now um want to get to we didn't even have a a chance to talk about the other big uh thing from martinsville which was the new sponsor for jimmy johnson yes uh ally Bank, Ally, Ally Financial, Financial yep. coming on uh, board with um, Seven Time for the next couple of seasons as the primary sponsor. So this isn't going to be a split sponsorship type situation. Ally is basically taking Lowe's yep. place pretty All much, right, Jacob? Races. Yeah. Absolutely. And I so.
10: want to say uh, thank you to Jessica Stroop with everybody at uh, Team Chevy and everybody at Hendrick Motorsports. I actually was able to hop just about right in the middle of the uh, media huddle underneath the nbc peacock pit box right <laughs> after the announcement was made prior to the race and we got to talk with jimmy with mr hendrick and with jeffrey brown the ceo of ally financial and cisco is going to uh, I'll, I'll help make cisco's point here and then we can talk about the significance of replacing a 38 race primary sponsor with another 38 race primary sponsor This is not a new sponsor. Ally Financial has been with Hendrick Motorsports and Hendrick Automotive Group for a long time. For those of you who were paying paying attention to NASCAR back in the middle of the last decade, about 2005, 2006, 2007, and remember the Hendrick Motorsports cars having GMAC on the side of their cars? Yeah, that's the same company. Cisco, not new sponsor, old sponsor coming back. Uh
7: no, Go it's, ahead, Cisco. It's, it's And actually... what's interesting
2: is this goes back to the nineties, Tom. And, you know, with Jack Sprague, Ricky Hendrick, of course, most notably in his number five car, as well as that Brian Vickers taking over that ride yeah. as well. That's probably the most prominent. We've seen uh, that sponsor in the past.
1: Well, but it... it okay, it, uh, it, uh, technically, Jacob is right. Yes, it's the in, same, May, in May but, 2010,
10: GMAC rebranded itself as yeah, Ally Financial. It's the but same it's company. But it's more than
1: just GMAC. Chrysler actually is is uh, involved in this. Chrysler Capital. As, yeah. yeah, Chrysler Capital uh, as a minority. Um, so it, it technically, yes, it's the same company, but... It's, it's kind of not. Than what it it's was. It's much bigger than it was. Um, and so good to see uh, Ally coming on board in such a big way. And of course, you know, we talked about this when, when Jimmy, uh, when it was announced that Lowe's was leaving, we talked on this show and I said, there's going to be no shortage of companies that want that space because if you understand how the marketing game works, it's all about available inventory and and basically what you would call real estate. And a company like Ally makes perfect sense because not only do you get Jimmy Johnson, the race car and all of the, 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 the accoutrements that go with that, the benefits that go with that, but you also get Rick Hendricks dealerships and all of the sort of you know opportunity that lies there as well so um you know the teams like hendrick and penske that have other interests outside of just the race team or teams can certainly make a big difference for a company like ally so i knew there wouldn't be any problem finding enough people to fill the space but for ally to just jump on for all 36 races that's pretty doggone amazing
10: it absolutely is And, and cisco I will say this here. It's fun to see Ally come back into the sport now, obviously before they were GMAC, but to see them come back now and to already see the activation that they're doing, not just with Jimmy, but with the entire sport. You saw TV spots. You saw interaction from the broadcast booth on Sunday during the race. I mean, this is much more than just a primary sponsorship on a race car. And Jeffrey Brown said that he said, we want to bring energy to this sport. They're already proven that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, when you look at one of Probably their main competitors in Credit One Bank, who's also been a part of the sport as yeah. of late. I think it's gonna we're gonna see a little bit of that. It's kind of Jimmy's gotten himself back into the uh, into the uh, company wars before it was mm-hmm. uh, the home improvement wars between him, Home Depot <laughs> yeah. and Lowe's, and now he's apparently getting into the banking wars. But nonetheless, it's cool to see. And just you know, kind of one of those last notes about Lowe's. This is certainly a case where I think they got really everything they ever wanted, ever needed out of the sponsorship and you know as the as the old example with tide went, tide kind of just hit a point where they didn't really need to sponsor anymore because how many more tide pods are going to shift or how many more cart you know boxes of tide um detergent are you going to be able to sell considering everybody already bought it and everything like that i felt like there was a similar scenario with Lowe's to where they kind of won that battle in home well, improvement though technically menards won but i i feel like they got more than enough of the brand recognition and i think that'll also stay for a very long time because you're gonna see pictures of jimmy johnson's car with Lowe's on it for the next 50 100 years just like you see pictures of STP on Richard Petty's car or GM Goodwrench on Dale Earnhardt's car. I mean, it was one of those super long-term relationships.
1: Well, the thing is, though, I I know what you're saying about, uh, but but I would, I'll disagree slightly when it comes to, you know, Lowe's situation is a company-wide restructuring yes. um, from a financial standpoint, believe it or not. Um, and... You know companies like tide it's not so much that they figure they can't sell anymore remember a big part of motorsports marketing is business to business possibilities but it just comes to a point where every once in a while you want to just shuffle the deck and take your marketing dollars somewhere else not because you're not happy with what you're getting over here but You want to try something different. This is what Target did. It isn't that they weren't happy with NASCAR or didn't like what they were getting. They just wanted to to try and approach a different audience. There's only so many dollars to go around. So, um, you know, that's kind of where all of that sort of falls in. But Ally coming in is interesting because in a time when NASCAR is thinking about the post- single cup sponsor era when monster leaves after next year um and, and wants to look at this multi-tiered thing it's going to be interesting to see if this brings more financial institutions in um because because i definitely think mm-hmm. that um you could see a little bit of copycat as we oh, get certainly. into now that allies signed on some of its competitors might be willing to to jump into the water yes, too
10: i would agree with that yeah i think it it could uh, crack a whole new wave of sponsors into this sport, which is well, a great Yeah, thing. it is.
1: And, and and again, you know, everybody thinks, you know, the sport is, is not a good value. Well, here comes Ally Bank into this. Now, again, I know you get Hendrix dealerships and all that, too. And Ally's been a big part of yes. what's been going on there. Yep. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, this is also a signal, I think, that, in fact, the sport isn't uh, a poor value. The sport is still a good value. And I think it's headed to be a better value as we go forward. And, you know, we start to see some of these changes come in 2020 post. Um, I think you're going to see a little bit of a resurgence from some of these yeah. corporations. I don't know that they'll all jump in for 36 races, but you got to have an awfully big budget to be able to do that. But I certainly right. think this is um, going to be good for the sport. Okay. So we've got about uh, three minutes, maybe two minutes left. Yeah. Um, real quickly, uh, the KKM Giveback Classic, what's going on in practice there?
10: So we're basically two hours in, and I want to give a call to the fact that right now, the top five of 51 carts that signed in for practice here are 52 carts now, we've added uh, the 71 of Dylan Smith, um, but the uh, top five right now are all Millbridge track regulars, which I think says a lot about what's to come over the next two days. Not that the invaders can't do something, but I think the regulars this year, unlike in May, going to be very tough to beat. Andrew Worley, this year's Saturday champion and rookie of the year, Currently fastest after turning forty-five laps, ten point one one eight. He's almost a tenth and a half up on Lil Bundy Ethan Mitchell. By okay. the way, okay, wow. Caden Quapple and Carson Quapple third and fifth in the order, and how Tyler Latart, son of Steve Latart, is fourth. Less than a week after his cart nearly went out of the ballpark in turns three and four. If you didn't see that on Instagram,
1: little pop tart.
10: Yes, little
1: little pop tart. Tyler, LaTarte. what's he about fourteen now?
10: Yes, fourteen.
1: Okay um yeah he uh he definitely is not running the chili bowl if he yeah. wins but um nonetheless, he looks like he's 60 yeah he does he's a he's a bigger kid yeah. for his age yeah. but uh and he's a good racer he too. is yeah, oh i'm for very sure. excited yeah. to
10: see what uh what tyler can do here especially going into next year he's getting comfortable in the open and i think he's going to be a threat to win the championship in 2019 frankly and i believe right now uh checkered flag
1: checkered flag and i'm stealing it tonight okay. thanks thanks to uh everyone with the performance motorsports network and spreaker for being such great partners with us also thanks to hms motorsport and our new partner mycomputercareer.edu uh, go check them out and see what they're uh, doing with it training and i also want to say a special thank you to our guests of this evening as well as my esteemed co-host cisco scaramuzza randy miller jacob sealman who blew in like the tasmanian devil uh for the second hour of the show um, for all of us here at uh race chaser media and the stock car show we say thank you for listening or watching have a great night a great re a great week i'm gonna go learn to talk again bye
0: You've been listening to The Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.